I was terrified that anyone would see it my first two years, even though I didn't even show my face. And like, I was horrified and had no confidence to show my face, even on just for the internet in general. Cause I was like, yo, I'm not like a alpha male, 10 out of 10, like stereotypical six pack, like guy, like I can't show my face. And then I was like, well, it's a uh, kind of boring if I just kind of have these little phalanges in front of the camera all time. So <laughs> why don't I, I show my face? And then in high school, I remember like, I hear stories today of kids that are like, you know, TikTok famous. And it's like, you know, the whole high school like knows them or they're like, they're, they're popular in school because of it. And it's not really seen as like a cringe thing, even if the content's kind of out there weird, but like in my school, it, I mean, I think I was at like 25 K 30 K by the end of high school. So it, I guess that was big for like 2016 or it, bigger than it is considered now, of course. Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards. I'm John Rentinger. Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. And John, I want to thank you this week for taking time out of your President's Day to join me <laughs> on this recording. It's true. It is your vacation day. It is the one day per year that you take and you're deciding to take an hour and spend it here with me. So thank you. It is one of the uh, one of the few, but I would I, I couldn't miss a chance to to talk to you and talk to our our special guest. Okay, this week we have an esteemed guest, esteemed of high of high esteem. This man is one of the humblest tech creators out there. And actually, let me let me back up and just say I love when this happens. This also happened to me earlier this week. So I followed one of my favorite chefs here in Seattle. He's actually going to be on this season of Top Chef. And he followed me back just as excited about me saying, hey, I follow, I've followed you for a long time. I can't believe you're following me. Like that whole thing where you follow someone who you admire and then they follow you back and instantly like they're fanboying or fangirling over you. That's always like so, so crazy. So that's what happened with this guest of ours this week. I followed him, been following his work for years, love him. And then he followed me and was surprised that I was following him because he admired me just as equally. Fantastic man, great source for news, especially when it comes to Apple, and also one of the biggest low-key hype beasts out there, Mr. Sam Cole. How are you doing, sir? Oh my God. Is every guest just coated in butter? I feel like my body's just soaked, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm here for it, by the way. Thank you guys for having me on. I, I feel the same way. Hey, so Sam, so I've actually been snowed in this week. We've had about, I don't know, it seems like a foot or 18 inches of snow here in the Seattle area. Yeah, I'm that's really impressive. more north of Seattle, so there's more snow dropping out here. And I've been kind of feeling bad about myself because there's no, I can't go anywhere. There's so much snow. Not that I really have anywhere to go during a pandemic. But <laughs> then I saw your Instagram this morning and it said that where you are, it is three degrees. So yeah, so I want to thank you for putting things in perspective for me because over here it's a little warmer than three and that must be terrible. Is it really not three degree? I, Cause you're more North. I'm in St. Louis. I'm in like the, the, the heart of the Midwest. I thought it would be colder where you guys are. Well, not, not where John yeah, is. I was but. like, I, was like Geez, guys, I just got back from a walk and I had to take my sweatshirt off because it was too hot. <laughs> so Sam, before we get, jump in, let's talk about your content for a minute. So you've been doing Apple content on YouTube for several years now. Yeah. But I'm curious, what attracted you as a high schooler to Apple in particular? Like you didn't say to yourself, okay, I'm going to do tech videos or I'm just going to do gaming videos. It wasn't like a general topic. You decided I am going to focus on Apple content in particular. How'd you come to that conclusion? So I started making videos in March of 2013 and like, I don't know if I've gone into this much detail about this story before, but like I was watching John's videos at the time when he was at Techno Buffalo. I hadn't, I wasn't fortunate enough to discover Andrew at this time yet. And I was watching like John, everything Apple Pro, Jeff Benjamin from iDownload blog when he was still with IDB instead of 9to5Mac. And I literally was like on the toilet, <laughs> just like doing my thing. And then I literally just hit me. Like I had always made videos with my friends before and I, I was like watching somebody's video and I was like, wait, why don't I just literally start making videos? And like, that's how it started. And I'm happy that my intentions were like so pure then. Cause like so many people now are like, I want to be rich. I want to be famous. I want to get brand deals. And it's like, those are all things to aspire to for sure. But 
there's always something in the back of my mind when somebody says that to me. I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if you've got what it takes. Like just based on that initial eval, like I go for it, but like I, you got to be in it for the right reasons. So I did it all throughout high school. I graduated college in December of 19. So I, I did it all through university as well. And then I realized like the last year of university, I was like, wait, I can, <laughs> I can actually do this for like my job and, and not have to, not have to actually use the silly communication degree that I got. So I just kept it up. And then I, I started a website in, in a little quarantine project, Apple track to like track Apple rumors and sources. So I just do that full time. I make videos by Apple and honestly, Anytime I want to complain, I'm like, I can't complain. This is too good to be true. I think I have to credit my introduction to my grade school computer teacher, Mrs. Hawk. Shout out she, to Mrs. Hawk. Yeah, for real. If she's listening, it, she's like high key the reason I ever got into Apple. My dad is like a, a salesperson for electronics. He sells like high end tech stuff. He can like come into your house and like plan home theaters and get you like this, you know, greatest of all all time. And uh, I've always been in that environment. And my mom's a nurse, so she's got like the the nice kind heart, right? And being in that environment, I was like, I like technology and I want to have fun with it, right? So like being in grade school and seeing her sort of always be the one in the school pushing for like new Macs or new technology, I was like, whoa, like what you can do with this computer is like kind of insane. Like you can create stuff. And then like, I remember we had the most basic version of iMovie on those computers and I pushed my parents for like three years to get a Mac. I was like, I, that PC is slowing down. Like, please, can we just get a Mac mini? Like, please, I know it's, I know it's like $800, but like, please, 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 can we get a, a Mac mini? And I kept pushing and pushing. And then one day my dad was like, Hey, I know you got school today, but like your mom and I are going to go pick up the Mac, you know, and you'll have it when you get That's home. And awesome. I was like, oh my God, are you serious? And then I was like, hey, coincidentally, dad, like, I don't think I feel well enough to go to school today. I'm actually kind of sick. And and then they were like, are, are, you, are you joking around with us here? I was like, no, like I, uh, I don't think I can, I, I, I don't think I can make it to, <laughs> to the door this morning. And then at like three o'clock when they have the genius bar appointment, they're like, um, so we're going to go. And I'm like, well, I, I kind of feel better now. I could come. And it was like the glory, you know, it was the Mac OS snow leopard days. Like just like when I think of the Mac, I feel like you guys can relate as well. Yeah. It was just something about the company that was always just more magic. I, I felt an attraction to them. I, God, I sound like such a fanboy. I'm going to get so much hate for this. I wanted to ask, what's it like starting a YouTube channel in like in high school? You know, a lot of people are, are doing that. It's something that you're like, you're embarrassed of, proud of. People are seeing what you're doing. Like what's, what's the climate for, for kids, you know, starting channels and getting success at a young age? I was terrified that anyone would see it my first two years, even though I didn't even show my face. And like, I was horrified and had no confidence to show my face, even on just for yeah. the internet in general. Cause I was like, yo, I'm not like a alpha male, 10 out of 10, like stereotypical six pack, like guy, like I can't show my face. And then I was like, well, it's a uh, kind of boring if I just kind of have these little phalanges in front of yeah. the camera all time. So <laughs> why don't I, I show my face? And then in high school, I remember like, I hear stories today of kids that are like, you know, TikTok famous. And it's like, you know, the whole high school like knows them or they're like, they're, they're popular in school because of it. And it's not really seen as like a cringe thing, even if the content's kind of out there weird, but like in my school, I mean, I think I was at like 25 K 30 K by the end of high school. So it, I guess that was big for like 2016 or it, bigger than it is considered now, of course. And I remember like there was my one friend, Tony in class, he would like check my subcount and be like, dude, you hit 20K today, like congrats. And there were like a lot of people I feel like in my corner and like my close friend group was always so supportive and really nice about it. Like I, they, I was lucky. I never got like bullied or like picked on because of it, which was cool. But like, that was a legitimate fear. Like looking back, I'm like, dude, that's so silly. Like just do your thing. And like, that's my advice to anybody is like, you know, God, it's so cliche, but like screw the haters. But I was lucky to avoid that, but I also wasn't like popping off in my high school to the point where everybody's like, yo, you know, Sam Cole, like he's insane, bro. Wow. That, that's incredible. That's incredible. Funny story. I also decided to start doing what I do for a living based on the Mac mini as well. The very first one, the very first one, I went into an Apple store, I minimized a window and the way that it like genied down into the what do you call this thing? The dock, which was so different from anything on Windows. I was like, I don't know what just happened, but that felt way less like a utility and more like just something that was cool. And the world needs to know 
about this. Like it was so weird. Like just that little thing when that happened, I was like, technology can be way more than just a tool. And I need to tell the world about this. So very interesting how the same product got us both into into what we do. So, okay. So these days you make videos on Apple rumors. You also do reviews. That's the iUpdate channel. You also have Apple track, which you mentioned a second ago. That is an interesting, I didn't even know this was you by the way, until like maybe like three months ago, but super (laughs) cool because this is a site you can go to that not only tells you what the rumors are, but it keeps track of who reported the rumors and then follows if the rumors turn out to be true or not. So it basically helps you figure out who are the trusted sources in this space. Now, how did you come up with this, this whole concept? There's a leaderboard and everything. Yeah. I mean, like you can actually, you can, you can see it in real time moving up. This was one of those products of being inside a lot. Like, I feel like a lot of people were like, what am I going to do? Like during quarantine that was different. And it didn't hit me until like, the beginning of this year when I was like, what did, what, like, what did I work on last year that was like different? And then I was like, wait, this is a hundred percent like a quarantine baby, which would be like a really interesting thing to like look back on when you're like, I don't know if one day if we get out of this, but like I was looking at rumors, right? Like you guys do, like you mm-hmm. make videos about yeah. stuff all the time and you're always like, okay, Min Ko. like I've heard his name a million times. He has said a lot of right things. And I I was just reading like nine to five Mac and Mac rumors. Love to them, by the way. They're great. But I noticed like every article said pretty good track record, (laughs) relatively accurate, mostly good. And I was like, well, you can't quantitize that. Or yeah, you can't like put a percentage to that. Wait, what if, wait, what if I just calculated it? Like, what if I just put all the rumors together and was like, this is objectively what their accuracy is as like a leaker. And I don't know. I, I I was always worried when I started it. I was like, I hope this doesn't become like call out culture or like somebody misses one thing and it's like, you're canceled as a leaker. You can never do this again. Cause like, if you know how Apple works, like things literally change last minute sometimes and you, you just can't do anything about it. Like that's just how the game goes. When you started, how far back did you go to actually get those initial rankings? <laughs> I went about two years for everybody. Which was great for like John Prosser, (laughs) who just started in 2020. It was not super fun for Mark Gurman, 9 to 5 Mac specifically. Like, I think I probably spent 10 to 12 hours on Mark's page just to get it ready to go. Because the process that I did is it was like, I don't want to just read the Mac rumors repost of Bloomberg. I want to read the source to make sure I get every single detail and to make sure I can actually look at it. So I had to not only read every article, but code it. And then put it in bullet points and then find out if everything was true or false or if it's still pending. So it was some, one of those things like my girlfriend at the time, like God bless her. She was so supportive. Like everything that I was like, babe, I'm, I'm almost done with Mac rumors. And she's like, I don't know what that means, <laughs> but it sounds good. And, you know, finally I, I finished it and it, it was like so satisfying. Like, cause it, you know, it was so time consuming, right? That you'd be like, God, how do you even go through that? But like when you saw that percentage like for Mark Gurman's name. And we're like, whoa, he's 90% accurate. I didn't think he was that good. Like, whoa, that's insane. It was so like useful. And I was like, this is going to help the community. And like, this is going to be so useful for people that talk about this kind of thing. That's awesome. So again, I update, I update on YouTube and appletrack.org if you want to check out those things. So let's jump into some of the news and rumors of the week, which is I mean, we have the perfect guest for this because a lot of these rumors and news are Apple related. Timed perfectly. Yes. Let's let's jump into iPhone 12S or 13 or whatever the next Apple smartphone is going to be called when it releases later this fall. So I'm just going to go over the headline, if you will, and we can get into some of this stuff. So the next iPhone, the rumors are it will have an always on display, stronger MagSafe magnets in the rear portrait video, a different type of glass, matte glass material on the back. That may just be for the pro model. 120 Hertz pro motion display in display touch ID, smaller notch, which I don't know how that's a feature and maybe <laughs> portless, which Mr. John Rettinger, as a reminder to everyone out there, absolutely believes and is hanging his hat on 
His whole reputation. <laughs> <laughs> Come <laughs> <Exactly>. on. <laughs> but no, that's, those are the rumors. So let, let's, let's get it. How does this sound as an update to the current device or the, the, la- the last device? Because not everybody updates on an annual basis, obviously. I mean, listen, what you just ran through is like a check by check of everything people would want to be fixed and improved from the current gen phone. It's the we're sorry about the touch bar. We're sorry about the keyboard. We're going to try to right. make it better moving forward. There's no way that's all going to be in the next phone. It's so many things are too obvious. It'd be so unlike Apple to do it all. And it's not based on any rumors. I don't want to get ranked. It's just based on gut opinion and uh, <laughs> and gut feeling. I will say what's interesting out of all of this is the stronger MagSafe magnets. Not for like, it's great the cable won't fall off. But if that can allow them somehow to do data transfer, whether using the ultra wideband for that, that's interesting. And whether or not the portless phone does actually come this year or one version or it comes in 2022, I think that's something to really watch for. Because I'd imagine where probably the next phone will do data transfer over MagSafe. And then maybe either that generation or the one after will drop the ports. That's an interesting take. I did talk about a few weeks ago, a source of mine revealed to me that the ultra wideband chip is basically going to write it be, down, Sam. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, sorry, Andrew, uh, AppleTrack.org slash Andrew Edwards. Put me on there. That the ultra wideband <laughs> chip is going to be similar to basically a wireless Thunderbolt connection. Now, I don't know if that's Thunderbolt one, two Whoa. or three. I, I would doubt that it can do 40 gigabits, but it will be much faster than wired connecting with a current lightning cable, which is USB two speeds on the iPhone still, and would also be even faster than USB three at that point, if true. So ultra wideband will be a high speed data transfer feature for an upcoming device. But what I wonder is like what I can't name the last time that I connected my phone, even wired to do data transfer. Like it's like, why, what, what would allowing this, and I'm sure Apple has an answer that we haven't thought of, but what would allowing this, like connecting and getting this fast data transfer, what do we need that for currently? The, the big answer is encrypted backups. I mean, that, that's mm. if you want to, in, mm. a lot of people when they switch phones, they do full encrypted backups, full backups on your computer, mm. diagnostics for Apple, for testing and that kind of stuff. And people still generally just like to back up their stuff on their, on their own computer and have actually have that physical file. Right. You know, not, not rely on the cloud. God, I didn't even think of that application. That's actually super smart. That sounds like a super Apple feature and the encrypted backups. I was thinking more along the lines of like faster airdrop. I mean, I know you guys as content creators, like mm-hmm. I airdrop Everything. things constantly. And like sometimes when you get on some betas, it, like now it's like unusably slow just because I guess there's like a bug in the way they interface. But just like broadly, like. Is that what's happening? I was wondering what was I up. Okay, so. I got it. Yeah. Okay, it's you guys too, thank God. Because I was like, <laughs> I literally watched a two megabit file take like five <laughs> minutes to go. And uh, it was rough. But I think like if they start putting this ultra wideband, like that has to be the application. That's got to be like the long-term thing. And if you could like airdrop instantly, that would also be, that's like one of those things they could show. They could be like, hey, you just shot this 4K Dolby Vision video HDR. You can send it to your friend in yeah, three seconds. That's pretty cool. Like, that would be something that they could market and actually useful. That would be similar to when they showed um, Apple Pay. Yeah. You can, you can mm. see that, like how they would do that in the keynote. Like that's a very oh, Apple thing. This is the first oh, yeah. time, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that we've heard of an always on display for this generation phone. This is sort of the, a yes. newer rumor. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, who reported this, the, by the way? Who, who is the source? Is this Bloomberg? This is actually Max oh, Weinbach, and it was shared exclusively on everything Apple Pro's channel. What's, what's his rating? Where, where would you place this? I think he's a. 67.1 if I mm. so I'm, I'm looking at it right now 67.1 okay perfect i mean the screens are it's just a software limitation i mean the screens are older they could do always on that's always a, a thing that they could have done i mean there's nothing else mm. hardware limiting from that happening is i mean as far as i can understand my understanding is that this year i believe they're going to do the ltpo display which is the same one that they have in the app watch for a variable refresh rate which will allow them to do 120 hertz more battery efficiently because like that was what we heard this is why it got cut from the 12 it was initially planned for the 12 series but with 5g and the the batteries actually shrinking in size a little bit they were like dude no way <laughs> like people are not going to want to buy these phones which was the right call like as much as i wanted 120 hertz this year i don't think it would have been a good call for the battery life and everybody probably would have just ended up turning yeah, it off could have done 120 the thing with apple though which i think a lot of people forget they are not 
just wanting to put a 120 hertz display in a phone. They want to do ProMotion, which means they can go all the way down to 24 or even less, 10 hertz, and then ramp up to 120. They didn't want to be stuck Mm -hmm. at 120 only or bumping down to 60. Like we've seen with like Samsung phones in the past where if you put it into 120 hertz mode, well, now you got to bump down to 1080p. You can't, you can't use the full resolution of the phone. It won't allow you to. Old, um, older, until, older Samsung phones. Right, until the latest phones. And so the Note 20 was the first one where it was like, go ahead and use the entire resolution and the highest refresh rate at the same time. So it took until that point, and Apple wasn't able to get those displays from Samsung in time for the current iPhone 12. They, they're actually using displays that are more similar to the S20 than the Note 20. So now that we're you know going to be a full year later, Apple will have access to these LTPO displays. And in turn, that will allow ProMotion, which means a, a range. It can ramp up to 120, but it can also ramp down to less than the current iPhone, which stays at a constant roughly 60 hertz 59 or 60 hertz so Mm. that is going to be a big change what about in display touch id you excited about this one i'm so ready oh my god i'm so excited for it yeah i'm i'm clapping here this is this is something as an apple user that i i miss like i see your guys's videos on the s21 and i'm just like sitting here in the corner (laughs) just staring at my at my phone being sad. I never saw the use for really in display plus face ID until obviously the pandemic. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, <laughs> like in, in display fingerprint or so, you know, ultrasonic ones, especially they were never that great. I don't think they were, they were slow. They weren't that mm-hmm. responsive. I agree. Until this generation, the Qualcomm ultrasonic in-screen fingerprinters that we saw kind of debut on the S21 line are yeah. insane. I mean, it is the best fingerprint reader. And I've got weird thumbs. They don't know fingerprints in general, whether they're in screen or on the side or the back don't generally work for me. I don't know why. This thing unlocks instantaneously every time. It's crazy. Um, like if it's even 80% as good as that, or maybe Apple just buys it from Qualcomm and puts it in, absolutely would be a huge benefit. I think and redundancy is always better. What impressed me so much about the S21's fingerprint reader, I didn't even realize I was using it. I was doing the whole, like with your iPhone, you can do the tap to wake on the home screen. I was tapping to wake on the S21 and that tap, if I tapped in the fingerprint reader area, not only unlocked the phone, but brought me to the home screen just by tapping. Like it, it's, it's absurdly fast. So if we see that, that's going to be cool. Now, if you're an Apple Watch owner though, this year you're yeah. able to unlock with the next version of iOS you're able to unlock your phone if you're wearing an unlocked Apple Watch. Like if it senses that you're wearing a mask, it'll just unlock from there if you swipe up, which I've been using that in the beta. And that is actually super convenient. Now, obviously, you need to buy <laughs> you need to buy an Apple Watch to get that functionality, which is going to be at the very least a few hundred dollars. So in display touch ID is cheaper. But if you want a way to unlock your phone while wearing a mask and being safe when you're out and about and you own an Apple Watch, that will be coming, what, probably next month, I would assume. What about rumors, speaking of, of Touch ID and, and Apple Watch, Series 7 getting Touch ID on the side button below the crown? Why do we need that? That's my question. This one is interesting. I actually broke this story with the verifier last year that it was going to be either in screen or in the digital crown. And from the beginning, I've been like, if I know Apple, they're going to put it in the crown. Like there's no, because I was just like application wise, it will feel weird. You guys can't see the video (laughs) that are listening, but like to like touch your watch like this, like even with your thumb, there's something about it that doesn't feel right. And like, obviously the engineers are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year (laughs) to solve that issue. So we don't run into it. And I was just like, also you touch, you use the crown like this anyway, Mm -hmm. if you could just rest your finger there, it makes sense. Yet now that we're sort of seeing the watch be an authenticator for your iPhone and for your Mac and for, you know, maybe the iPad in the future, who knows? Like I have kind of been like, okay, do we need touch ID? Like the only thing I think it would solve is like entering your passcode once or twice a day. But even that is like a three second process. The other thing it could do is, you know how when you're doing like Apple Pay or you're unlocking your Mac and you have to like double tap the side button. I mean, touch ID could replace that 
Because that double tap, I don't know. I find that to be annoying. I'd much rather just do a little, a quick fingerprint right there. Yeah. But that would be nice. It's it's cool. How I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing with Apple. Like when you said earlier, like you're going to get all this hate for sounding like a fanboy. The things that we're talking about right now are things that we're not going to see another company do. Or if we do see another company do it, it's going to be after Apple does it and shows other companies yeah. how it should be done. That is one of the things, not, not even from a fanboy perspective, just that is what makes me enjoy Apple products from, from the standpoint of someone who just is passionate about consumer electronics. Like I've, you know, sure. I've always been into tech. I've always been into computers, even as a, as a child, because to me, there's like a sort of magic in, you know, last week I was saying how we have this piece of glass and, and metal that lets me talk face to face with anybody on earth, like no matter where I am, as long as I have a sick, like that's to me, I don't take that for granted. That is still amazing. And all these things that Apple's doing now and, and the rumors of what they're doing in the future it's like we're in in a sci-fi movie in a way sometimes. Like I think we we just get used to having all this tech around us and maybe it's like my age like knowing like I was around before. I remember when the iPhone was announced. Like seeing what we had before. I remember when the internet came out. Like <laughs> to what we have now to me is like this is just so incredible. And part of that is an admiration for the minds that come up with this stuff. Like who is sitting in a boardroom coming up with ways that all these different things can interact together in a way that is so simple that almost anyone can use it without even an instruction manual. Like that to me is just so cool. At least once a show, Andrew likes to get existential on us. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's a good thought process. This was the moment. This is it. I want to back up though, if I can, just to touch ID on the watch. And I have, a use ca- I have a use case for it. And I think it made a lot of sense before the unlock with your watch stuff, right? Like, obviously, you could see, okay, you put your finger on it, you unlock your computer. That makes sense. Less, less use case now, you know, with it'll just unlock, if your watch is unlocked. But for, for iMacs, for Mac minis, for laptops that are used closed and docked, you didn't have access to Touch ID on those computers for purchasing and unlocking. Imagine being able to enable, essentially, like, remote disk drive, essentially, with your watch. Being able to unlock your computer obviously, but mm. buy things, buy things with it just by simply touching whether it's a crown mm. or below it. At least it's a use case. I mean, that, that, I, that I could yeah. see. Beyond that, though, it's hard. It's a stretch to see what Apple could do with it. But I did just want to throw that out there. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. My thinking, the reason like why I'm like, I guess this has to come this year is because I'm like, I don't know what else we're going to get on the Series yeah. 7. <laughs> like, I, I'm usually pretty, like, dreamy. I feel like you guys are as well. You're like, oh, this would be so sick. And, like, the always-on display, you know, with the Series 5 was yep. something mm-hmm. we'd wanted yep. as Apple Watch users forever. And to this day, like, that is the defining feature as to why I buy the more expensive watch. Like, I, I use the always-on display constantly. And that was actually the only feature we got that year, yeah. by the way. Aside yeah. from, like, <laughs> different, like, colors, like, the, from a technology Don't forget the compass. Oh, we got right. the compass right. app, Andrew. My apologies. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my. Yeah. That that year was such a weird one. I completely agree. Like it was like, oh, I guess this is it. <laughs> All right. But like on the Series Seven, I'm like, okay. I feel like Touch ID is gonna be that thing because you guys have probably seen those rumors about blood glucose yes. monitoring. I do not believe that is coming this year. I just that technology would be too life changing. I feel like if it like I want it yeah. to come. Don't get me wrong. Like I really hope it comes this year. I just there's a reason it hasn't been done in like the history of yeah. glucose monitoring. And I believe it is certainly going to come soon. I just don't know if 2021 is it. I think it might be next year or the year after. For anybody listening, traditional blood glucose monitoring is done with like actually blood, like pricking your finger and mm. measuring blood. Is that the only way it's ever been done? That's pr- predominantly a- the way. Effectively. That's been yeah. the only way it, it's been yes. done. My father, my random, random fact, my dad's an endocrinologist, which is diabetes and that kind of stuff. So I'm no expert, obviously, but I, I do. I have talked to him about blood glucose monitoring on the Apple Watch instead of out of interest. The only way to get an accurate reading has been through physical blood. What they're saying is they can actually take a picture, see the color of the blood. And I'm guessing it's the same thing they use for the oxygen monitoring, but somehow be able to tell the sugar in the, in there as well. It's a, I mean, it's a crazy bit of technology. So I don't know all the medical stuff around blood glucose monitoring, but what I found interesting this week was the report that, and obviously Apple didn't plan this but that the current Apple Watch has been found to be able to show if you have COVID 
like up to a week before you might know. Yeah, how like is just it due to how the is sensors? It been doing that, it's something with your heart rate. I'm assuming, and like, I mean, it's wow. just the sensors that they have in there. They didn't they didn't build a COVID tracking sensor, but the yeah. sensors that are built mm-hmm. into the watch today, based on what your you know what your body and what your heart does when you're you know exposed to this, the Apple Watch is able to make this determination. So it's super interesting to see what just having these sensors on your wrist will be able to do in the future that even yeah. Apple didn't realize that Absolutely. they might be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I saw that headline as well, Andrew. And I was like, Whoa, this is, I was like, all right, where's the app? Like, I want to get it now. <laughs> like I just, I like, just imagine like a world where you, I mean, I don't want to go too uh, doom scrolly here, but like in a world where maybe another pandemic happens, I don't want to go yeah. there. <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants to go there, but like, I mean, imagine if Apple like works on this and then over the next, I don't know, X amount of years, they roll out an app when it starts, you know, getting bad again. And they're like, you're, you will be notified a week before you show symptoms and like lives that could save. Talk about getting existential. Like, I don't know, the medical features on the Apple watch always get me in my feels just cause like, I know it's actually connected to like yeah. human life and like people being able to live their lives more full. And that's, I don't know. It's a really beautiful idea. And that's something that Apple, you know, I, I give them props for a lot, but that is certainly like at the top of my list. Like the Apple watch is a device that has fundamentally saved people's lives and continues to help people be healthier. Absolutely. I always wonder how, like you said a minute ago, something to the effect of it's too important of a medical feature, right? I feel like things like this, whether it be blood glucose or, you know, diagnosing a sickness Apple kind of almost shies away from like the blood oxygen that we currently have. Mm-hmm. It's like a toy. Yeah. Like it's not, <laughs> it's, it's rarely accurate. Yep. Maybe they're like using it almost like in beta to make it work in the next year or two. But this is, these other things are things that you don't want to be wrong about. You don't want to be wrong about someone's blood glucose level or even tell them that something can be diagnosed and therefore if they don't get a notification, they just assume they're fine. Or if they yeah. do get a notification and it turns out it was false, like there's way more care that has to go into these tech features when it comes to like real health, which like it has to be as accurate as what they're doing with the heart stuff. And I don't know how difficult that is. I will say Apple sidestepping into it. So you mentioned, and I think what you said was very appropriate, right? With their blood oxygen monitoring, there's medical grade, and then there's kind of like entertainment grade, which is sort of what Apple's being. So they're saying, hey, don't use this as your main, but at least use it as an indicator. And yeah. you know, I, I mentioned my father earlier, but I come from a family with a history of heart disease. And my father for about two months was in atrial fibrillation. And I got him an Apple Watch right when sort of the heart stuff started becoming a thing. And he sort of worn one regularly ever since. And he had, and he was using regularly a medical grade blood oxygen monitor, but he was using his Apple watch secondarily. Maybe he was out and didn't have it with him. And it was a close indicator of, is there a problem or not a problem? It wasn't necessarily how good is a number, but it was sort of a binary thing, right? Okay. So I think Apple getting into the glucose in that same level, like, hey, it's entertainment. It's not medical grade. Use it as an extra indicator is a really good way to get in there as technology improves. When I understand there's a certification needs to be done in order to get approved for sort of medical medical use and have to be sort of tested in advance for a while. And Apple's certainly not going to let their product be tested in advance for a while. <laughs> but it is really interesting. And I, I think what Sam said about it being a me- like a medical device and saving people's lives is is really accurate. And there aren't that many things out there where like you people can hate Apple or whatever they want. This is a product that is l- saving lives. And the fact that now we can do it untethered from an iPhone. I think is amazing. And whatever the future is going to be, whether it's blood glucose, whether it's detecting panic attacks, things like Proster has hinted at for a while, is amazing. The more sensors, the more utility we have, the more facts we can know about our life, the better. See, now all three of us have gotten into our fields. We did it. It happened, it happened to episode. me once a show too. Yeah. I should have said. We did it. Perfect. We did it. <laughs> Let's move on to the next topic. And I'm actually going to turn this over to Sam. If you can walk us okay. through. There's a rumor. I mean, there's always a rumor of a March event. Apple does not do a March event every year. Sometimes there's an event. Sometimes there's just a press release with products that just come out. Sometimes there's nothing at all. What are we hearing this year for what we may be seeing sometime within the next six weeks or so? Well, first of all, I I think 
I'm fairly confident we're going to see a March event. Um, like a, like okay. a proper, not like a press release, but like an actual proper event just from like the number of things that are supposed to be coming. The first two that I, I think are pretty much guaranteed first, the new iPad pro, we got one last March in 2020. So now it's March, 2021. I mean, not that Apple always follows that. It's already been a year since that. I know. I know. Was it March? Yeah. When the, the <laughs> LiDAR one? Yep. The not, the not an update. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did the new MacBook Air last year. <laughs> Unfortunately, those poor people that bought the MacBook Air in March, and then they also did okay. the iPad Pro and the, yeah, the smart, the Magic Keyboard as well, which I still God, I love that thing. So we're hearing an update to that, which is supposed to have like the big upgrade. I think they're going to market as mini LED on the screen, which will be really really cool, like higher contrast. They'll have a name for it, right? They'll have an, an Apple name for it. I was just going to say, like, nobody's going to call it the Apple Mini. You know, there's no way. <laughs> and then it's, you know, faster processor. There's some speculation. It's like, what if Apple puts an M series in the iPad Pro? That would be crazy. You know, that would be crazy. But I, I have a feeling they're probably going to stick to the A series for now. Will, will it be an A15? You think that'll be the debut? No. Ooh, I didn't even, I didn't no even think about that. The current, the current one is on A13, like still. Is it? I, are you sure? Yeah, it went from A13X to 13Z. Like they didn't even go to 14 yet. Well, we're actually, I think the iPad Pro has A12Z. Oh, you're right. It's, it's, it never even went to 13. Which is so weird. They just added a, they just, yeah, they just added a core, yes. right? Or they unlocked a core. That, yeah, that, that was something like we haven't seen a significant processor, up, processor upgrade for a while. So I, I don't know. I think, I think they'll probably go A14X, but I mean, they did supersede the iPhone with the A14 on the iPad Air. So, I mean, that definitely is, is potential. That would be really, really cool. I wonder if this will reset like reset the processor release, like the new processor comes out in the iPad and you see it in the phone. I would kind of be into that because then you could sort of get a sneak peek at the new iPhone <laughs> and what it can do. We're, so we're hearing that. And then also there's been like some speculation and some hard rumors about like a black Apple Pencil, which could be something they could definitely <laughs> debut alongside because the Apple Pencil hasn't been updated since 2018. And then after the iPad Pro, yeah. <laughs> you get your guys' favorite product, everybody's favorite product, AirTags. <laughs> this, have, have, haven't they been out for a year already? <laughs> this is like going to be a product that once released no one cares people only care about no. it because it's it's a rumor but once it's out like yep. it's and i'm not saying anything like negative about the actual product or the idea behind it which is an air tag is a small coin sized device that you can locate using your iphone so you can put it let's just say in your luggage or on your keychain if you lose them you can use your iphone to locate where these things are but that's it like there's what more is there? Like, people are so hyped for this to be released. And I wonder how many people are actually going to buy and use them rather than just being excited about just some new thing that Apple hasn't put out before is coming. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those rumors where it's like, you know, the job requires you to keep right. talking about it. But, you know, yeah, you start to get a little, yeah, you've told the same, right. you know, just exactly what you said, Andrew. You've told the same. It's a tile tracking, you know, everybody knows. So that is, I mean, this is according to, to John Prosser, who's about 80% accurate. He's saying that both the iPad Pro and AirTags are coming. I believe, not based off of anything I've heard, just based off like older rumors from like Minchico that new iMacs redesign bezel-less are coming in March Ooh, as well. In March? I Because I, I don't think Apple would just do an event for a smaller iPad Pro upgrade and AirTags. Like I just don't, I mean, they did just do Apple Watch and iPad. They did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. I don't know, but Apple Watch, iPad are major. Like AirTags is not a major release, right? Well, nor, nor is HomePod. Mini, that is true. That is actually completely true. You know what? Good point. Good point. Touche. I don't know. We were hearing initially that that redesigned 23-inch iMac was coming at the end of 2020. Obviously, it never happened. So we've heard more recent rumors that said like first quarter of the year, right? Which would be January, February, March. I don't see them doing it this month. So at the latest, I would say April or May, but like- you got to think Apple is going to want to talk about the silicon and like, I don't know if it was just a processor upgrade, like the August iMac, it's like, okay, do a press release, whatever. doesn't really matter the timing because people are going to buy it evergreen. But like, this is one of those upgrades where it's like, this is going to be the first look at a redesigned proprietary system from Apple with silicon inside, like redesigned iMac, bezel-less, looks similar to the Pro Display XDR. Like, I just think it's going to be too big and I feel like it's ready. Like I, I, I agree. I feel it in my bones. Apple is one of those companies that we can observe and they're very consistent in, in their approach to a lot of things. And maybe what they did in Q4 kind of shows us what to expect, which is they did an event every month for three months where it was, here's an accessory and then here's a major product. Two things. 
And then next month, here's an accessory. Here's a major product. We might see a March and then an April event. Who knows where the March event talks about the air tags and the iPad pro. And then next month we get a Mac and whatever else we're waiting. You're getting me too excited, Andrew. Just stop talking already. (laughs) All right. Like two events in spring. Oh my God. What are you you using by the way? What's your, what's your main Mac right now? Oh my God. So uh, you guys need to talk me out of buying the spec'd out iMac pro right now because I know new iMacs are coming. Don't do that. I know. I know guys. It's so bad. (laughs) Listen, six years old. So I, I had an, I had a 2017 iMac pro and then it got a little bit slow. So I was waiting for the redesigned iMac to come last year. It never came. So when the August iMac refresh happened, I spec'd out just like the silver, you know, standard iMac, the 27 inch 5k retina. And I got the Sony a7S three recently and I'm shooting 10 bit and it's not fast enough. It, you know, I'm lagging and it's, you know, it's not unusable, but like I'm getting increasingly frustrated by the day that I can't work as quickly. And I've just been like looking at the Mac pro and also like the 18 core iMac pro. And I'm like, I bet this would be faster. I bet I could do my, but I'm also like, I can't, I can't be hypocritical. Killer used deal. I bet. Yeah. Used. I mean, how would you feel about yourself if you bought an iMac pro and then Apple announced (laughs) the computer that you just talked about three weeks later? (laughs) I'd feel absolutely horrible and I'd have all regrets in the world, which is why I'm talking (laughs) myself out of it again. But like, I just, I've been going on the site and I've been looking and I'm like, oh, I just want something fast. So basically Apple, please, please release it in March because I don't want to waste my money. (laughs) I I do want to update something speaking of the March event. So the iPad, the iPad Air has the A14. Yes. The current generation iPad Pros, the most expensive iPads being sold, are using an A12Z processor. And then can I just backtrack while I'm on iPads for prediction for March? Apple seems to simplify the iPad line and then complicate it and then simplify it and then complicate it. We have an Apple Watch SE. We have an iPhone SE. We have an iPad Pro, an iPad Air, an iPad, an iPad Mini. Don't say it. I'm not based on any facts. I'm just saying it makes sense to have an iPad Pro. It makes sense to have an iPad SE. And it makes sense to have an iPad Mini. What about the iPad Air? What about the Air? Maybe that becomes the SE. Otherwise, the, the line is so convoluted. The Air is more powerful, but it's got a lesser screen. You're like, I, if people don't follow this stuff, they're like, I don't know what's the best iPad. And they're like, well, what do you want? Is it power? Is it screen? You're like, what? there's no one that's the best iPad? Yeah. I completely agree, John. It's been like this for years and they just keep making it worse. And I do, I also think we're getting to a weird spot with like, I mean, I know you, I'm sure you guys have talked about this. I haven't listened to every episode, right. but I have listened to most about like the, you know, 12 pro max, like 12 S <laughs> pro max for like 13 pro, you know, it works. I don't think it's great. I think quite honestly, when it comes to that stuff, like it only matters like when you place your order. Like once you have it in your possession, who cares what the name is, right? Like once you have it, it doesn't matter what it's called. It's just when you're making the buying decision. So for me, it's, it, it doesn't matter anywhere near as much because once you have it, it's not like you're going to buy anything else. Like, okay, I own this phone. Who cares what, the, what it's called? I'm just using it at that point. But at the very least, even if the names are convoluted, you know, you walk into a, a store, you go online, you know, oh, it's a 12 Pro. Oh, yeah. Pro, and the Pro Max, at least that I know is the, the biggest and the best. Like, at least you can understand, even though it is convoluted. The iPad line is just a disaster for trying to understand what to buy if you don't follow this. You're like, you're going to get your kid an iPad for school because they're home. And you're like, well, it's going to last. Bring on a bezel-less mini. Let me just say that right now. Fair. Just bring on a bezel-less mini. I feel like the iPad mini mini is like the real iPad. It's like the most, it's like just the size, it's just like the best for a pad that's handheld. Like hold, trying to hold a 12.9-inch yeah. iPad Pro to like do stuff? No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like terrible, <laughs> terrible experience. Don't talk poorly on my 12.9-inch iPad Pro. That is my No, it's, it's great <laughs> at, with the keyboard. It's fantastic with the keyboard. I'm just saying like holding it in your hand like clipboard style, like holding it like a baby trying to do stuff <laughs> is just annoying. Let's move on to our final topic. I'm right in between. Final, okay. <laughs> final topic of the show. Moving away from Apple, although there is an Apple twist to this. This is a follow-up to when we had Microsoft and Samsung here. Microsoft is now testing officially with beta testers xCloud game streaming in the browser. So what this means is you have a you have a device, whether it's a iPad, iPhone, PC, or Mac, 
and it's using the Chromium browser currently. You pair a Bluetooth controller, so an Xbox controller, and you can then play cloud-enabled Game Pass games. You have to have a Game Pass Ultimate subscription, 15 bucks a month, and currently it's in beta only. And as far as resolution goes, it's unlikely that's going to be 4K because the Series X like switch over for all of xCloud is not happening until later in 2021. But what I think a lot of people assumed when Apple said, we're not going to allow this in the App Store, that's why we have a browser, developers can just use the browser, I think a lot of us took that to mean wow, we are never getting this on the iPhone or iPad because how are you going to do this in a browser? That's impossible. Well, apparently Microsoft has made it happen and we're going to be seeing xCloud in the browser, not just on iOS devices, but also on PCs and Macs. I mean, like even if you just clap for technology, I mean, just like for the the fact, (laughs) even if you're not like a gamer, just clapping for technology, like that's a thing that can have is Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. And, and Game Pass, I mean, granted, they had a blunder with prices and stuff a couple weeks ago, or maybe, I don't know, could have been three months ago. I'm not sure when that happened. That was um, gold. That was that was gold. Gold. They had a blunder but with gold. It's, it's oh, still yeah. like that and paying for Amazon Prime for a year are like the things I'm like, great. I am so happy. Take my money. Like, I'm just, I'm happy, happy mm. to pay it. That's fair. I have not invested. Well, okay. So I have the Series X, but I have never really tried to do any cloud gaming like i know both yeah. i think the ps5 offers some cloud gaming as well right am i making that for right? some of the ps now titles i believe yeah. yep yeah yeah that's right and i think the concept is awesome like I, i'm totally with you guys i'm like that sounds incredible i just i don't subscribe to game pass but i everyone tells me they're like oh, yeah. you gotta get it like it's actually so right. good i've heard from everyone it's incredible like not one person i've ever heard has said anything <laughs> negative about it I, I just like i you know i just stick to like a few games i stick to like call of duty I, I am playing Cyberpunk on the Series X right now. I don't know. I, I, I've been playing a lot of like sort of Mac. I'm playing like League of Legends on the computer mm-hmm. a lot. I've been trying to, to grind on that, which is a nightmare. But like, yeah, if it's a human being, like the fact that you can play these video games is insane. Like that's so good. That's such a great idea. I love that this is happening. This is like another one of those things where, you know, again, as a kid, I was like, this would be so crazy. I know it's never going to happen, but imagine if you could play your console games just on the go. Oh, Like yeah. you're basically able to play the latest highest like quality titles on your ipad or iphone or other device android devices as long as you have an internet connection that's the only requirement and a controller with you like that is just super cool and the other thing that's cool because microsoft right now is more focused on getting people subscribed to game pass than they are about buying the new console microsoft is probably going to put out the ability to stream Series X games on your Xbox One. So on your Xbox One, instead of buying a new console, you just stream the newer titles to the box. Wait, is this is this something that that like has been reported before? I've never never heard this before. This has this has been reported. This has not been confirmed by Microsoft, but this has been reported. And when asked about it, Microsoft just gives like the, you know, no comment on that mm-hmm. right now. There's, so there's no, um, no, we're not going to do that. But just think about it. Like, why would they care if you're streaming on your iPad in the living room or streaming to a, they have said they're making a TV smart app for Game Pass. So your mm-hmm. smart TV why would they be cool with you streaming on your smart TV, but not the Xbox Xbox one that's connected to the smart TV? See what I'm saying? So this is like a cool kind of chess that they're doing right now. Hmm. If they can get people subscribed to game pass, then console sales all of a sudden are nowhere near as important. If there's 5 million people subscribed to game pass and there's 2 million people who've bought a PS five, then Xbox is winning. Hmm. There were more Xbox customers. So Again, that that last part is rumor, not confirmed, but it is fact that they are now working on releasing Game Pass in the browser on any device that you own. Currently in beta, private beta and public beta should be within the next few weeks. So this is coming fairly soon. Well, that is that is a wild idea that you don't even have to buy the new console to play like the games right. that that sounds like a dystopian future. I never thought I would see corporate America venture into, but I guess the, the subscriptions help, uh, help. Yeah. With the and budget. obviously there's a difference, right? Like there's a difference yeah. between streaming a title 
and having it local mm-hmm. on the the best hardware to get the best graphics, the best sound, all mm-hmm. that. But to just experience playing a game, there you go. Just stream it. Why not? Yeah, fair. What, what's interesting to me about that, sort of like how I thought stronger MagSafe magnets was sort of the end of the ports on the iPhone. It would seem like that would be the end of streaming service from Microsoft would be the end of physical consoles. I mean, they're, they're no longer necessary to right. the now, gaming experience. They did say when asked directly, they did say this is the Xbox Series X is not the last console generation. They are still working on future consoles. Don't they have to say that, though? Hmm. I mean, I feel like they, even if they weren't, like they kind of have well, to. Well, they, sure. they could always do the, you know, we have nothing to announce at this time about future products, you know, which everybody says. But they, they did specifically yeah. say, <laughs> like, no, there is more hardware consoles coming in the future. So we'll see what that means, though. Who knows? Maybe it's just like an Apple TV style box and you just stream to that. But there you go. That was our show. Sam, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us, to talk Apple and everything else. Let people know real quick where they can find you on your various platforms, including your new podcast, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if there's a conflict of interest if I bring up my Genius no, Bar bring, podcast bring that I, I started no, with. We're my, all friends. My pal, John Prosser. We, uh, if you guys want more of the, the Apple talk that we did here today, then you can go check us out on Genius Bar. We have really good time. New episodes every Monday. I make videos primarily on YouTube, youtube.com slash I update. I'm on Twitter at I up underscore date <laughs> because somebody stole the Twitter handle wow. I update and they, they refused to trade with me. They wanted $2,000 for at I update. Ooh. And I said, uh, I said, that breaks the Twitter terms of service and I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's great. I did offer at Andrew $5,000 and he turned me down, which was years ago, but whatever. Dang. Whatever. <laughs> but there you go. Thank you guys for having me. It was an honor. Thank you for coming on, man. This is fun. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at GearLive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.